On this episode of the DTS Podcast, I fall asleep. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars. I'm Batman. Avengers over Avatar. New Star Wars picks released. Let's talk about the game of Game of Thrones. Somebody won and I lost. Uh, What we've been watching and what we've been playing. All that uh, right now on the Tony and Derek podcast. Whoa, wrong show. Try it again. Uh, On the DTS podcast. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. All right. Derek, how we doing? Okay, buddy. How are you, pal? Good, man. You got a another King Sue? That looks more like orange juice. It is. It is another King Sue. It's my last. I bought another four pack the other day. This is my last one. How much money do you think you spent on beer? We're in, that's not the topic of tonight's show. So we're not no, going to discuss man, it is, yeah. that. No, that's not on the list of topics. So we're not going to talk. The about The intro is about our judginess. Uh, yeah. Um, so I'll start, and then you can share something that you're judgmental about. Oh, okay. Do you ever just see somebody that like? maybe at a gas station or on a street corner and they're like clearly pretty homeless or like maybe you see them and they're like in a, in a really beat up truck. Like it's rusted out and like bungee cords are holding the bumper on. Sure. Um, but then they're like smoking a pack of cigarettes Uh huh. and you think, yeah, maybe if you just took that $7 times once a day times 365, you could afford to live a better life. Well, I mean, it's it's more like the people that you, you see at the store that are clearly on methamphetamine or some kind of drug and are uh, are utilizing the food stamps, but also use a separate transaction to buy $45 worth of vodka and cigarettes. So, I mean, it's a lot like that, really. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm the same way. I can't hear... I don't know what you're doing. I'm not, I'm not saying anything. I'm just doing my meth face. <laughs> you, but the, the people can't hear a meth face. They can see a meth face. You got to make the <laughs> meth so sound right. like. You're so right. Yeah, you're so right. But, but you know what, though? After that awkward silence, when I explained that I'm doing meth face, everybody in Iowa knows what that is. If People probably know what a meth face is, but they don't know what your meth face is. Yeah. Which, and if you don't honestly, know what it is and listen, your no, no, mother no. does it, I'm sorry I, that I just wrote it for you. Let me just tell you, folks that are listening, Tony's meth face looks more like a a, a, a very strange way to go down on a woman. Like, that was some pretty gnarly stuff. Like, well, if that's the tongue action you're dropping on the wife, she should be a happy woman because there was some crazy movements going on. American so, Pie taught me just to do the alphabet with my tongue. Yeah, right. Yeah. T- tell me how that goes again. I don't know. Got to clean my mic off. I'll be right back. <laughs> oh Oh what's been up since uh Uh, sunday what's going on man yeah it's been uh it's been a whirlwind of a week compared to uh what sunday uh, was you hop on your dragon and burn down any towns in the last few days no you know i i did i did get the horses in the back quite a few times um i watched that new uh that new old town road video from lil nas x and uh and billy ray cyrus (laughs) it was horrible it was horrible it's good it's a good time man oh fuck you it was bad 1889 to 2019. 
Yeah, it was bad. That's, that's pretty good. Here's your money. I, that horse got a, probably got a V12 in it. It's all right. You cheated. It's all right. No big deal. I wonder how many views that has because, you know, it's, it's, like, it's a little outplayed now. Don't you think? It's a little outplayed. Like, I want to say it was like the, 8 million. Oh, yeah. See, that's not I think it was much. like 8 million. I mean, the... That's, a, that's quite a few, I thought. Well, the, the, the regular one that everybody knows is still the top thing when you type in the song name. So it's like nine hundred million, right? Yeah, I mean that's that is probably gonna like <laughs> if you type in Old Town Road, that music video doesn't even pop up. There are yeah, no, you have to scroll a couple ways. Yeah, exactly. The yeah, although so. I uh, I watched this YouTube video the other day, and I had never seen this guy before, and he doesn't do a whole lot. Um, maybe a video, a couple videos a year, maybe three videos a year, but he's he gets hella views, Little and it's this dude. No, it's the oh. it's the dude that I sent you that video the other day where he's playing piano and shit. Oh, you know, I didn't watch that. Oh, dude, you should have watched that fucking video. It was absolutely positively dynamite. I was dying. There's so he does the he does a couple different videos. I can't remember what his name was, but basically one of the videos like he's a classic Billy Joel cuz he's the piano man. No, he he plays like classical piano and it's like a 45 second video and it's him playing like Mozart and shit and like one of the keys he hits and then it, it drops into, like, fucking Dr. Dre, and it's like, bing, 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 oh, okay. bing, bing, And I'm just like, this is so good. I like those, he, I like those random things. He does a, he does a little, uh, he does a little Nas X Old Town Road video, a mashup, kind of like how the dude that plays uh, guitar and sings in, like, 40 different styles. Yeah. He is doing, like, piano sound. He does, like, a Mario Kart sound and shit like that. But at one point, he merges Nickelback's Rockstar and old town road and dude they sound the fucking same wow okay i got real scared real quick and i thought we were getting swerved uh, let's let's get into it i got a horse in the bag yeah okay. that's our okay that's our obligatory drop but we're not giving that guy any more money um let's get Wait, on with the news paid? did we get paid yeah i don't cut you in but yeah <laughs> you do this because you love me so much and you give me major props because I'm like great at it or something. You're okay. I'm like a Derek Vance. You're you're definitely not Derek Vance level of good, but you're I'm getting Derek, it. No, Derek Vance wings. Oh, like I'm just wow. okay. It's like a seven. Yeah. I, I'm kind of perfected the wings now. We've, we've been doing these uh, in the oven. All right, let's move on with the news. Nobody cares about your fucking wings. <laughs> I don't need to hear. I don't need to hear your tasty dot com article about how to cook shitty things. Uh, listen, man, it's it's like the hot ones on YouTube. You know, Sean Evans, yeah, hot ones. Yeah, right. Oh, That's yeah, what I make. It's hot ones. Yeah. Okay. Uh, speaking of hot ones, NASA's going to the moon, baby, and they're gonna stay there. Uh, Did you the watch the video? Is, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh my god, are you serious? Yeah, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. Let me fill you and the audience in, okay? It's been making national headlines. So NASA dropped this fire-ass video online talking about how by 2025 they're going to be able to get people, astronauts, I mean, not like people like you and me. <laughs> get it's, not like, it's not quite like Virgin Airlines making up, uh, you know, people just go to the moon. Yeah. They're going to be able to get people on the moon that and can sustain life on the moon. So... You know, that's not the real story for me. It's it's more about the fact that, like, that is, that's big shit out there, dude. That's we, the fucking we haven't universe. Been back to, we haven't been back to the moon since, what, 69 or something like that? 69 is when, uh, yeah, old old Neil Armstrong landed on the moon. Buzz Aldrin, that I whole mean, thing. 
I don't know. I, my 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 wife. We may have never been there, according to some. My, people. my wife is a is a non-believer. Oh, are you she, fucking kidding me? Absolutely not. My wife, the coconut wife, truly believes that we never landed on the moon and that was all bullshit. Does she believe the Earth is flat? No, she does not believe the Earth is flat, but she oh, does okay. believe that the that we never landed on the moon. She she contends, and I mean, it is a pretty strong argument. How do we land there in '69? And now we have fucking cell phones that do all this fucking technology, and we've never been back. Eh, I mean, that is a pretty decent question that I don't have an answer for. Do you? Yeah, I can answer that. Oh, what's uh, that? Uh, NASA is not Verizon and other multi-billion-dollar industries. <laughs> uh, I mean, they are be. funded by the government. They should be. Yeah. No. Space we exploration their, not exactly getting a lot of dollar bills. Fifty years we made it there fifty years ago, and we have so much more technology, and somehow we've never been yeah. back. Have you fucking seen Transformers? Yeah, I have. Yeah, we're on the moon, baby. Oh my! The dark side. The dark of side of the moon. Pink Floyd was there. Fuck, man. Oh, you just oh need to back up. Get off NASA's ass, okay? Listen. If somehow we can spend money or Kim Kardashian makes billions of dollars for doing whatever it is that Jim, Kim Kardashian does, I think we could give NASA a little bit of money, man. You, you, Everybody needs to go out and watch this video. Just Google NASA, we're going to the moon. I guarantee it'll pop up. It's a, it's a back to the moon. I don't know what that is. But, we're going back to the moon. What the fuck? Brian Johnson from ACDC over here. Uh you threw me off my game, man. I'm over here trying to talk about space exploration, and you're you're hitting the high notes. Listen, it's fucking inspirational, okay? Going to the moon, and the moon is just like that's our moon. Do you know? Do you know how many planets are are mapped? No, I don't. Tony, please wow. tell me. I feel like I'm getting very existential, and you don't give a, a fuck. This I is like way, this is way beyond us. I mean, there there are <laughs> there are oh hundreds God, of thousands of chartered planets by the Hubble telescope, my dude. What? Thousands? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> is the moon even real? Mass effects is for real, bro. Oh, wow, I'm you. you're just. I did not expect to just be getting shit all over. All, all I'm telling you is I. It, I, I am a firm believer that yes, there's a moon. I I do believe that we have been. <laughs> it's undeniable. It's in the sky right now. <laughs> what do you mean you're a firm believer in the moon? Hey hey hey! Shut the fuck up. You ever seen Truman Show? That shit yes. don't mean a goddamn thing. Okay, fine. Am I wrong? Didn't think so. Here's yeah. what I'm telling you: is I am the believer that yes, we have been to the moon. No. My, my my, I've already went through your shit, I heard motherfucker. Her, yeah. My 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 understanding is that yes, it's a little strange we haven't been back there in fifty mm. fucking years. But your existential crisis of the moon and what it means uh. is just that. You, <laughs> listen, I can hear her. She's no, just no, 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 never been. She thinks we've never been. We would never. be back. See, the coconut <laughs> wife throwing in her two cents. We would have been back by now. Yeah. Back to the moon. This you isn't the DT. This isn't the DTCW. Okay? The yeah. This isn't the DTCW. Okay, we're not we're not playing Smallville and and Seventh Heaven on this channel. Okay, Seventh Heaven. I used to love that show, man. Oh, I was all Jesus about that Christ, show. That does not surprise me. <laughs> I I liked the uh, I liked the blonde haired kid. I thought he did a good job. Gallagher Gallagher. What? He uh, David Gallagher. He also voiced. Oh, yeah, he voiced one of the characters in in Kingdom Hearts, and then the the sister, the older sister, was the same one that was on. Um, 
this is going to lose us at least all of our viewers. The three that we have. Yeah, you're right. All right. Oh, no, we have way more viewers than that. But all right, all right, all right, listeners, all right. I should say. So, okay, fine. You don't want to talk about NASA anymore? What? Listen, we'll talk about that, something that you're interested in. Okay. Robert Pattinson is going to be Batman. I don't give a shit about Robert Pattinson. I love Batman. I think this is a bit. Here's what I'll say. I think he's going to nail it. He's definitely not going to nail it. Oh, dude, I love Twilight. I mean, I you know can, you. If you can <laughs> love whatever it was that you were just talking about, I can love Twilight. I know you love Twilight. I did not. Say I I'm love still Seventh less. Heaven. I'm still less of a joke loving I, Twilight than you are loving Seventh Heaven. Huh? I might have said I love Seventh Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like them. I don't love Seventh Heaven the way that you fucking. I think it's all weird. I think you said I. I used to love that show. Listen, you were over here writing poems to a thousand years and singing that song to me for like eight years now. That's a good. Song. I might. I might have loved that Twilight song from Paramore a whole oh, yeah, lot. That's a good one. That's a great song. Yeah. But I'm not over here fucking crying at a thousand years and shit. That's not you me. Gonna, next you're going to tell me that you hate Harry Potter? I love Harry Potter, so what? Oh, creepy stuff's happening upstairs. Uh, so, no, I, I love... I love Harry Potter. I don't love Twilight. I think Robert Pattinson is a little underrated. I, and I'll be really honest with you. I think that he makes he has made plenty of movies that I have not seen. He is probably going to be okay with. Yeah. I don't. I, I I am questioning the fact that he is playing Bruce Wayne slash Batman because he doesn't seem to have enough muscle mass to do that character. However, do you remember when everyone harassed Heath Ledger being cast as the Joker? Right. I'm not going down that road again. I, I was a firm believer in yeah. Ben Affleck being a great Batman. I thought Ben was going to do a great job, and I still think he did an okay job. I'm not going to judge Robert Pattinson on his merits of Twilight because that was 2008, then 10, 11, and 12, right? Something like that? Yeah, I mean, it was a while ago. So I think I think Pattinson could do a whole lot of, a whole lot of good. I'm just... I wonder how I wonder what they're going to do with that character, I guess. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong at all. I think he I would love to see like a very method actor shit where he just like gets super yoked for like I, I would love to see Jake Gyllenhaal in Southpaw, but Robert Pattinson in Batman where he's just absolutely shredded. I would I've I've never seen Southpaw, but yes, I, I agree with you as far as the shredded stuff goes. The big rumor flying around online that gets me a pretty decent sized boner, and maybe you've seen this as well, is maybe they're going to cast him as the Batman Beyond Batman and bring back somebody, Michael Keaton, as old Bruce Wayne. And that would just make me. Bring. <laughs> they're going to. Michael Keaton would make you. Michael just, Keaton that... as old Bruce Wayne and then yeah. Robert Pattinson as, as the new Batman? Fuck yeah. yeah. We need a Nightwing, man. That's what we need. I, I would be into it. I would be into it. Like, I love that Titan show that I've been watching, but I would be all about a designated Nightwing show. I love the fuck out of some Nightwing. Yeah. And colors. Um, Nightwing colors. I like my favorite Batman is the new 52 Batman. That's just me. Um, I also like the Arkham Knight Batman, but yeah, sure. I'm, I, I'm I would, with all those. I'm all about, I think Matt Reeves is a, a great director. He's the one doing it, right? Matt yeah, Reeves. Matt Reeves. Yep. yep. So I think he's a great director. Um, I'm not going to discount Robert Pattinson. The thing that I get a little concerned with, and I don't know if you have this in the notes, Tony, did you see the rumor of the villains? No. Lay it on me. The The rumored villains are... I'm, Is I'm it Bane take, and the Joker? I'm gonna let you take, no, I'm going to let you take a quick guess, though, really quick, of who you think out of the... 
you agree with me, the pantheon of villains that Batman has is the best in comic books, yes? Uh, I would say at least the most, like, uh, characteristic. Di- yes, diverse. Like, yes. Um, is it anybody that's been in a movie? Yes. The Penguin? Yep. Really? There's three of them being rumored right now, and they all irritate me. <laughs> Uh, the the penguin. If it's Danny, old Danny DeVito, that and new penguin, that'd be great. Uh, yes. they're definitely not going to do the Joker. Never again are they going to do the Joker. I hope not. Uh, yeah. Fuck. I hope it's not Mr. Freeze. I like him in the comics a lot. Yeah, Mr. Um, Freeze the character is fantastic. Like, there's some heartbreaking shit that happens to him, yeah, and he's just such an life, empathetic yeah. character. It's so good. Uh, fuck, man. I don't know. Um, Catwoman. Oh God! Yeah, see, that would not be anywhere close on my list. Yep. But you know, you got to bring it. You got to bring a a heroic chicken. So. Yep. And then, last but not least, the big rumor is. Think. Think. Not Tommy Lee Jones, but Riddler. The Riddler. Talking about bringing back the Riddler, and so I did not super mind Jim Carrey's Riddler that much. You know what? I'll, I'll go even. I'll go one further. I didn't mind Batman Forever. I thought that was so fine. <laughs> it oh. was so campy and ridiculous that Jim Carrey and, and, and Tommy Lee Jones just hammed it the fuck up. And yeah, man. man, as a kid growing up, it was fine. It's definitely not good, but it was for what it was. Yeah. I didn't give a fuck. It was just uh, too packed with villains. I mean, like those two and, and Arnold and, and Poison Ivy, whoever played her. Was it Nicole Kidman that played her? That you're, thinking right, that, you're, you're thinking Batman. Uh, Batman the, Beyond. You're thinking the, you're thinking the, the George Clooney one, which was. Oh, the three, <laughs> three, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're lumping them both together. Okay, I got you. We're talking Batman, uh, Batman Forever, which was Val With, Kilmer. Uh, Chris, Chris, what's his name, Chris, right? Chris O'Donnell. Chris yeah. O'Donnell, yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. And Alicia Silverstone. That was fine. Alicia Silverstone is Batwoman or Batgirl or whatever the fuck they ended up calling her. Um, yeah, that was fine. Barbara I thought Orton. Alicia. Yeah, I thought Alicia Silverstone was fine. Um, and so, yeah, I I don't know. I'm, you know, my love for Batman. I'm into whatever they're gonna do. I just Robert Pattinson doesn't seem old enough to play Bruce Wayne, so I'm I'm excited to see what they do with this. I I'm just out on DC films in general. Like even I thought Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, which everybody praises, was a little overhyped. Sure. Um, so, I mean, unless it's Christopher Nolan going to do it, like, no thanks. And that wasn't even like the DC proper as it is today. That was like, he just let, did let it, me ask know? you, let me ask you a different question. Do you ever think, and I, I know that my, I know what my answer is, and I'm pretty sure I know what yours is. Do you ever think we somehow get another Chris Nolan Batman movie? No, probably not. Um, I think he's passed it. I mean, he's moved on to bigger and better things inception and uh uh now i'm having a blank but i know i can't think, I can't think of it either that uh, really fucking loud war movie that yeah, they just put exactly out with um, tom hardy dunkirk. it was a dunkirk and i mean that was a movie i yeah. love the shit out of that thing that movie was so fucking loud though like oh god as an audiophile yourself you had to just nut over how fucking well that movie sounded like that is a god yeah it, it reminded me, people that haven't seen it, if you haven't seen Dunkirk, go see it. But if you remember the scene from The Dark Knight where he tries to find the bullet casings and you hear the thuds every shot that happens, yeah. that's what that movie sounded like, but times 10. That's what Dunkirk sounded like. It was so powerful, so strong and so loud. It was insane. I think the big issue with why Christopher Nolan will never do another Dark Knight uh, movie or trilogy is just because... He had it. It was like the perfect 
trilogy. I mean, I mean, people kind of people really loved Batman Begins until The Dark Knight came out, and you realized how good The Dark Knight was, and then they kind of shit on The Dark Knight Rises. But I thought that was a very good film as well. So it's like you're never going to be able to recreate a badass scene like going down underneath the main streets of Gotham, getting chased by the Joker, a fucking bazooka. The true to life cinematography. Yeah. The the true to life cinematography in all three of those movies is, is second to none. Yeah. He he shot it on 80 millimeter IMAX. I mean like to this day, however many years later, gotta be close to 15 years later. It still looks like some of the best film ever. Yeah, 2008 was the was the dark night. I think 2005 was to uh, uh, Batman. I'm right. sorry, Batman Begins. So, yeah. uh, and, and like I said, I, you you'll never get me to you make fun of me for whatever you want to. I, I truly think that as far as a movie, those three movies are are my favorite. Dark Knight is my favorite movie, maybe of all time. To be honest with you, um, my Batman is is still probably Keaton. I think Keaton did a really good job. Um, Bale's phenomenal um but i would go adam west after christian bale and then val kilmer and then george clooney uh i'd i'd go christian bale and like it wouldn't even be close for a second spot to be honest with you wow yeah um i like kevin conley or whatever his name is oh sure if you want to yeah kevin conroy is conroy that's it yeah Conroy is my number two if we're taking that into consideration because that well, I mean you you put in Adam West I mean he was in a movie but like, yeah he was, that, <laughs> he that, was that, in that, also that, in like 150 episodes of a show that animated series is boy maybe Both my favorite the original and the animated series yeah. Yeah. the the Batman animated series whew. <sighs> peak television I and watch that yeah I have I own all that do you. Um, yeah, I went crazy on Voodoo one day. This is like years ago, but they had a sale on animated cartoons, like kid cartoons, and I bought the entire series of the Ninja Turtles cartoons and then uh, the Batman. Uh, let's move on, shall we? We should. Uh, on to the other spectrum of superheroes, the Avengers Endgame. Um, in the final hours of its domestic release, its domestic run, which is basically four weeks as far as movies are concerned, uh, surpassed Avatar for the number two all-time American domestic gross. So let me run this number by you and tell me if that shocks you. In the Americas, domestic run, so again, basically four weeks in theaters, uh, Amer- uh, Avengers ended at $770 million. It did $1.4 open weekend, yeah. so like in comparison to worldwide. But that is second... Or that is second place. Third place, which was second, is Avatar at seven hundred sixty, and the first place with over nine hundred fifty million dollars, which is gonna probably be hard to beat ever, is uh, Star Wars: Force Awakens. Is that is that true? Yeah. Wow, nine hundred fifty. Nine hundred fifty million domestic wow. gross. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it though, right? It's like that's a movie franchise. That came back after thirty some years. Of course, that's it's insane to me. What's that have to do with anything to me? Um, what was it total? What was it total for uh, worldwide right now? Do you remember? Uh, no, I'd have to look it up. Um, I mean, opening was one point four billion. So if it's not past two billion, I'd be surprised. 
Let me see here. Let me see if I can fold it up. Uh, this is as of May 22nd, so today. Um, this says May uh, Avengers is now at two. Uh, earn another two million. It is now two point six uh, billion. Yeah, it looks it looks like two point six three billion dollars worldwide. That's an insane amount of money, dude. So much fucking money, dude. When your average box office movie, you know, if if it does a hundred million, you're killing it. Like, that's crazy. Well, that's opening weekend, but you know. What's funnier to me about that is the fact that uh, it's it's both Disney products. Like, you know what I'm saying? Disney's wrapping it up, dude. They own everything. I mean, they're they, they, yeah. They're probably going to buy Facebook this week. Did you hear that? <laughs> Let's just start <laughs> oh, that rumor. That'll get that'll get our podcast on that'll the get our on going, the map. Yeah. Hey, uh, you heard it here first. Facebook uh, selling out to Disney for two wow. two and a half trillion dollars or some shit. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, I don't even know. Holy fuck, that's nuts. Facebook yeah, is uh, going to sell for the exact amount of our U.S. national debt. It's insane to me. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Avengers. It's it's worthwhile to make that much money. Crazy to me. Um. Wow. What a what a story it is to sit behind Star Wars. But it's gonna Star- be even crazier when they. I mean, once you talk about the franchise, ta- the tale on this of the movies, and then you have the you're gonna have probably like an event Avengers only box set, and then you're probably gonna okay. have you know the phase, the entire MCU to date box set. I mean, the the tale on this is massive. Yeah, Avengers quad, quad quadrilogy, then the phase three, you know, the first three phases box set. Yeah. Plus, you know, if you're talking toys and iteration of it, everything else, I mean, all of it. That's yep. a lot. I mean, it is a powerhouse. True. Uh, moving on speaking to of, speaking of powerhouses. Speaking of powerhouses, so Vanity Fair. is releasing a couple limited edition issues one with daisy ridley on the front as ray uh from star wars episode nine and then the other one is adam driver's kylo ren and they had some pretty great exclusive interviews uh those haven't quite dropped yet until the issues come out but they did release some photos you got a chance to look at these I did, yeah. Annie Leibovitz, who is like a really, 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 really famous photographer, if you right. don't know who she is. She has done some of the most iconic shots ever in, I think, American photography. Yeah, not uh, just like movies. Yeah, just just in general, she is just one of the best photographers of all time. Um, and yeah, she they released, uh, Vanity Fair just kind of did a, a big push today of a bunch of different uh, photographs that were um, very very moving very and you just suggestive of yeah, what very might happen good. yeah and very very well done um i mean I, i've been excited i'm always excited for star wars but this really got me kind of going like dude we're like we're we're on the road to episode right. nine yeah and vanity fair kind of released at the behest of you know disney and lucas films released some of these i wouldn't call them like plot points or spoilers or anything but just like Stage stage setters, right? Like, this is kind of where... This is the bubble that this movie exists in. One of them was that Ray's training uh, in this film, you're made to understand right away that her training is basically complete. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're a year after the end of The Last Jedi. So you're talking about somebody who has had this journey over the little bit of time that we've been with her is to get all this Jedi training in her, which I mean, a, a year and a half, two years is a lot more than Luke fucking Skywalker had. Right. True. Yeah. 
You know, he, he he was there for a couple of days, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm good. Bye." I I think this almost this part almost went without saying. They're like, "Oh, her training's complete." You mean that trailer that you released where she's waiting for a tie fighter? Yeah, yeah tie fighter. She jumps just, over it. And she just fucking Clyde bails over it. Like, come on, yeah, of course her no training's complete. No big deal, bro. Yeah, um, I think I, I'm pumped about that. Uh, you got a, a fucking badass shot of the Knights of Ren. Yeah. That has been one that I was really disappointed was not in The Last Jedi after they really teased it in The Force Awakens. Um, The Knights of Ren are just a badass commando group, basically, of of badasses. And they're all former Jedi trainees. Most of them are Jedi trainees. Padawans. Padawans, Padawans, right. So that's awesome. Um, they had explained that the movie is basically set to be the climax of the Sith versus Jedi war that has spanned the three different trilogies. So these nine movies, this is the big one. So like, ah, you thought the birth of Darth Vader, nah, you thought Luke versus the emperor, nah, it's this right here. We don't even know what that is necessarily. My question to you is this, right? How long was Avengers? Three hours, two minutes. Do you think Star Wars goes longer? No, not at all. They JJ ain't fucking with that. You don't think they can command that kind of time, or do you think they can tell enough of a story in two forty that they can get away with it going tighter? I think they can tell enough of a story in two forty. I think I I do think I don't that the see run that time, movie going. Yeah, I don't see that movie going any longer than two forty, maybe two forty five. Yeah the the runtime of Avengers was overinflated. If you look at the first two hours of the movie, they could have definitely cut 30 minutes, but also it's 20 movies worth of shit that you're building from. So what was, uh, what was last Jedi's runtime? Do you have it? Do you have it up by chance? If not, I'll pull it. Probably two 30 would be my guess. The last Jedi run time. Two hours, 33 minutes. Three. Yep. Two hours thirty-three. Star Wars: Sports Awakens was two fifteen. Yeah. So I mean, if you go by this the fifteen minute add-on, we're, we're talking yeah, probably two forty. Yeah. I think I think two forty, two forty-five is probably more like it. Yep, I would agree with that, which is perfectly fine for me, um, especially if it's got the same pacing as the first two in the trilogy. Um, that was probably the saving grace for those movies, in my opinion. Having gone back yeah. and rewatched them after a couple of years is like, you know. Yeah, you might not have liked the story, and you might think that they're not doing Luke justice, but the pacing of those movies, like the the amount of action and um, little fan fan tips, are all were all really well fleshed out. So you also get a really cool shot of a new bounty hunter in this. Yeah, that that gets me amped up because yeah. I like Carrie Russell, who is playing a bounty hunter ish. We don't know that she's a bounty hunter necessarily, but the, the armor is very Mandalorian-ish. It is very um, bounty hunter-esque. And I guess her name's going to be Zor- Zori, Zori Bliss. Bliss. Yeah. yeah. The other rumor that was flowing around on, online is maybe she's the one running the Knights of Ren. Um. Okay. They were all in robes, though, mostly, right? They, they were. Uh, but this this being the figurehead is is what the rumor going around she's online the Captain Phasma of, of Correct. The of Ren. Yes. Is, is again, um, rumor, okay. rumor, rumor. And I would be all about either one of those. I, I think would, that is a I great would, character. I would like to see her as a bounty hunter, though, because Carrie Russell in real life is kind of, I mean, she's on the older side. She's not dirt old yeah, she, or anything, but she's in her probably late 40s. 40s or, late yeah, 40s, 50s, probably. So that, yeah. that would, to me, fit like a very grizzled veteran veteran yeah yeah um and the way that the way that the armor looked too like it's very uh 
it's in the the canon of Star Wars that the Mandalorians have like piecemeal armor. So like when they kill somebody, they take something off their armor, or if they kill another Mandalorian, they take a piece of that armor. So a, a badass bounty hunter would be one that you'd see, and he has all these different types of like Frankenstein together armor, and that's kind of what hers looked like. It was discolored and all that stuff. So. I think it's going to be great. She's a very dynamic actor. I liked her a lot in The Americans. Yeah, I wish I would have watched more of The Americans, but what I watched of it was really good. Very yeah. captivating. Yep, definitely. Um, and the last thing that I kind of talked about was that Carrie Fisher's back. Uh, as expected, she um, is going to be in the movie. They're going to be reusing recyc- or recycling some old footage. Um, it doesn't sound like they are shooting anything new, CGIing or voice acting anything. Um, so it sounds like she's fresh from these prior shots. Of fresh the shot. from the grave? Uh, or? <laughs> yeah. You know, she's got a little stank on her. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, you didn't get anything from the, the picture that they showed of Luke and, 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 and R2-D2? Um, no, I didn't add it because I figured that was basically from... You think that's with the background? You think they're fucking with you? Yeah, because I mean, the background of it seems like that might have been a promotional video for Force Away or a promotional pick for the Force Awakens. I think Um, you're also you're also that wasn't credited to this photo shoot. Yeah, so it wasn't credited to Andy Leibovitz. So I think as as a Luke fan yourself, you're also trying to temper your expectations of what kind of Luke we're going to get from this movie. If, if he's in the movie, they're hiding it because, I mean, even I, like leaks offset and stuff like that, no Mark Hamill. So, yeah. plus I'm he's nice. been working on a couple other projects. So, I still think he's there. They, they could have very much shot scenes that they needed him in the last production set. Like, I mean, we don't know. We yeah. Don't know. So, we'll, we'll they had a different director and everything, too, though. So, I, like, I don't know how that all works. We'll know in seven months. Yeah, that's true. We will. Opening day. Yep, damn right. Um, are you so you had a, you had a theory which I th- still think is one of the better ones that I've heard that yeah. uh, Rise of Skywalker um, refers to Skywalker as an as a uh, a character trait, not a person. So you think sure. Skywalker is the new Jedi? The Jedi's yeah. are dead. The new Jedi's are Skywalkers. I think the idea of having a a Skywalker band of of people or like that is what these force uh, sensitive people are called are called Skywalkers. Sure. I think that makes more sense to be able to carry on that lineage as well as talk about a way to bridge a nine episode epic to whatever you're going to do next to be able to still call these people Skywalkers still holds a piece true to whatever happened before you. It, it pays homage to everything that came before, right? It, sure. it, it paves the way to whatever is going to happen next, basically. In, in 22 with DB and, 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 and yep. So yep. I, I really think that, yeah, I think, I think these Skywalkers are what the Jedis were and these Skywalkers are in the presence. I, I really like the theory. I think it fits. Um, you know, JJ. Uh, yeah. Hit us up, my dude. Call, call me, dog. Yeah. Let, if you need to do a little editing, give me a ring. Yep. I'll, I'll take a few dollars. I'll help you out. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, the DTS podcast is where you need to come. <laughs> Before we move on, anything else on the uh, Star Wars? All I can tell you is I'm I'm jonesing for another uh, another trailer, and yep. I shouldn't be, but I I'm I'm really I love that picture of uh, of Lando and 
Um, oh yeah, Lando and Chewie and and uh, uh, Isaac Oscar Isaacs. Oscar, we how, how sad is it that I know the name of the the actor but not the name of his character? Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, you just said uh, it and it blinked oh, out on Poe Dameron. Dameron. Yeah, Poe Dameron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think that looked that was a really cool shot. But then uh, 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 fucking Finn riding that weird tusked horse thing. Like, what is that? Yeah, but that it, was like cool Finn bullshit. Like, yeah, fuck, that I'm sounds sure. bad. I'm all, oh, no, dude, I'm all in. Like, the idea of getting all these characters together back for the first time and since, you know, Friends Force Awakens, I'm I'm just, I'm very, I'm really excited, man. I'm, yeah. I'm more excited than I'm leading on. Um, Yeah, I'm fine. I mean, to me... I don't know. I'm very hesitant, to, especially in the wake of Game of Thrones, to say they can't fuck it up. But uh, this is J.J. Abrams. He's got a proven track record. He's not these two fucking douchebags. I'm so. not. I say I'm not more. I'm not much of a. I, I don't mind J.J., but I'm definitely not like full J.J. sucking the dick kind of guy. But I'm, I'm I, at the I'm point excited. in my life with movies where I just want them to, to captivate me. Like I, I appreciate if there's a really well thought out story, but I'm not going to a Star Wars movie to be enthralled by the the dialogue and the story. Like I'm going to a Star Wars movie to get some of that nostalgia and get a couple fucking badass Starfighter Unless scenes. It's directed and a by Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, yes. Then you're expecting that because that's what he does. Yeah. But you know, JJ is flash and bang, man, and that was what the first movie delivered. I felt like the second one, eh, on all accounts. This one, I'm I'm hoping he just hits a homer. Well, and and, and by all accounts, with his article, the, the big uh, quote going around is, you know, he felt in that first movie that he kind of had a due to pay towards what Star Wars is and what it has been, and so that's kind of yeah. the way he directed this. And with this movie, he said he went in with a different perspective of, you know what, I'm going to do the things that I think make sense to me, and I'm not going to worry about what's beholden to what Star Wars is. So he's taking a little bit of that Ryan Johnson feel of, like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to, whether it makes sense to you guys or not. If it makes sense to me as these characters, that's what I'm going for, and I'm all in on that kind of J.J. Yeah, and, you know, they they really do need, like, a, a bridge movie that holds its own as part of this prior nine movie series and all this you know, fanfare with TV shows and all that shit. They need that, but they also need like a new tone. People, the the people that love Star Wars from the seventies, like I'm letting you know right now, it's not people, the same thing. I'm letting you know right now. You go back and unobjectively watch Star Wars nowadays by today's movie standards, the way it was shot, the dialogue, hot take. It's fucking bad awful. Movie. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, I'm with you. It's bad. I'm talking like real bad. It's and, good because of what it is, not yeah, good because of what it was. Exactly right. So th- yep. they need a new, fresh take, something to show like what what the next movies will will kind of be like. So I'm really I'm still holding true that I think this next whatever they're going to do is still going to involve some of the characters that they've built in this trilogy. I just wonder in what regard. Something, yeah. I, I don't. I don't something know. New. Something we'll, fresh. We'll we'll talk about it more when we get more details. But yeah. Uh, moving on to the Game of Thrones. I win. Yeah, you did. You I did win. win the I game win. of Game of Thrones. Derek won. Tony lost, um, and it wasn't even close. Unfortunately, I can't be close. Um, I hedged my bets on the Lannisters. You hedged your bets on the Starks, the Starks. and we know how that went out. So Starks for sure. They might got a not so great endings, but they definitely all lived. Yeah, so, they didn't die. Motherfucker. So motherfucker, they didn't I win. Yeah. Uh, so we'll just move right on past that. Um, did you see that clip floating around of uh, of uh, Wendell and Christie? Uh, predicting that Bran was going to win the throne. No, when was that? 
that was like season six. Oh, really? Season okay, five or season six. And uh, was she being serious? Her and yeah, her and the character uh, Nikolai yeah, Costawaldo. Yeah, Nikolai Costawaldo. Yeah. They were getting interviewed together. Really next to each other, and they're like he, Nikolai was like at this point it's got to be either uh, Daenerys or this guy, and it was the picture of the Night King. And Brand's like, I don't know, man. Like the way this show has gone, like it might be somebody that no one's really expecting. I'm like, what about Bran? Huh? Okay. And they're like, and and Jamie's like, you know, Nikolai was like, fucking no, there's no fucking way. Like, what are you talking about? And, and like, holy shit, talk about like full circle. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. You know, that Spoiler, was back. That was Bran wins the. <laughs> yeah. that was back though when Bran was going through the three-eyed raven stuff that was you, the year after he kind of yeah and and you kind of thought oh this guy's gonna be a fucking badass and then yeah, he just does nothing he's a monumental badass instead he was just literally like a monument he's still i don't know i mean at him. i'm actually yeah like i don't know we're, we're did gonna, you rewatch it i did rewatch it yeah and you f- there were a few things that really fucking bothered me um that i just like I could not get out of my head. And one of them is that Bran, if, if that one line of like, why else do you think I'm here when they elected him King? If doesn't make any sense to anything, what it what it really says is if you think about that, is that he knew all this shit was going to happen and he's just not saying nothing. He's not saying nothing. He knows Danny's going to burn down this shit. He knows the Night King's going to bring the entire fucking army and, and decimate the North. He knows all this shit's going to happen. Uh-huh. Yep. And he's just like, he lets I'm going to go be a raven right now. Yeah, I'm just going to chill. Yeah. Talk about an asshole. Well, and like, do you think that it's more of a circular, like a, a cyclical nature of Bran knowing that he was going to get pushed out a window even, like all the way that far back? Or do you think it started when he became the Three-Eyed Raven? Yeah, I don't know. And I, like, do you think it's, something it's too happened? much do you think of a mind a... fuck to think about it, because yeah, obviously the creators a... didn't. Do you think there's more of a mind fuck of like, this happened where Bran did not become the king, so he went through and did enough different time jumps to where he made it happen? You know, it's it's all around fuckery because the the things that happen don't make sense right they don't fit with the characters like danny burns down an entire city and you know john defends her for no fucking apparent reason and then you know drogon doesn't kill him and it's all this different can't make a right decision to save his life the Tyrion exactly Tyrion gets omitted from the books that was a stupid fucking joke he killed his dad he was the hand for two kings like how can you possibly write this book without Tyrion being in it like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So there was a lot of shit that pissed me off. But what really what really got me, man, what really fucking got me, okay, is the shit that just, the way things played out, it just didn't matter. So, like, all the shit with John getting resurrected, didn't matter. Bran, like, wargs into Hordor through the past, that didn't matter. Like... I understand that it progressed the plot, but like basically those real big sticking points, those big character moments didn't fucking matter. Didn't matter at all. Nope. Tower of joy. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. Nope. I wish I could find this. Somebody tagged me in something earlier and I can't find where it's at, but it's basically like, it's a bunch of memes of it's something happened. And then it's DB or Dan being like, 
well, we forgot about like yeah. it's just all these things that they, but it's like fourteen slides of things that they somehow forgot about, and it's like get the fuck out of here, man. Right. It was some pretty dynamite shit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's, I mean, there was so much of that situation of like, hey, they did this, but they also did this, and that contradicts. There was so much of that that I, I can't even remember some of it, you know. But yeah, it was. Uh... <laughs> Like this mean this means pretty good. The final episode was written and directed by Catelyn Stark. Sounds as queen. Arya's doing her thing. Bran is king, and John the Bastard's exiled and forgotten. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's a good that one. Sent sent uh, to my friend. Sent by my friend Emily. She uh, she really likes that shit. I saw this pretty funny interview with the actor that played the Night King, um, and he was talking about he was getting interviewed about like what some of his character traits in that long night episode were about. So like, you know, he smiles at Danny and then he smiles at Bran as he's like looking down on Bran in a, in a wheelchair. And, right. you know, people, the, the interview person was the, the journalist was asking him like, well, what were you thinking? Like, Oh, I finally get to kill Bran or whatever. He goes like, nah, actually Dave and Dan, they pulled me aside before the shoot. And they said, okay, you're walking up on Bran. This is it. This is the moment. I just want you to picture Bran as like a cake and you're just slowly stalking up to this cake and you finally got it. You've been chasing right. this cake for thousands of years and you get to it and you're like, I'm going to fucking eat this cake. And no he's like, shit. He's like, that's why I smiled. It wasn't scripted. I'm like, that's pretty fucking hilarious, man. That's pretty good. Yeah. Like, even in the moment when they're shooting it, they're like, hey, man, no, 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 no. This isn't about killing Bran. Like, we're going off script here, bro. You want this cake. <laughs> that just speaks to how much they did not give a shit. <sighs> so let's get into a few things about Game of Thrones that have come up over the last few um, few weeks. And then I kind of have a take that I think puts things into perspective for, for us and some of our audience. Um, so 19.3 million viewers via all avenues of media Sunday for yeah, that's a lot. the series finale. Um that's the most in HBO history, and it's pretty close to the the most in some televised history. Um, all those, all those viewers, man, uh, and the Iron Throne has over. I even updated this has over two hundred thousand reviews on IMDb. What would you guess that the rating is uh, for the last episode? Yeah, this finale. Um, eight point one. No. Oh, it's the worst episode in Game of Thrones history. It's at four point three for the finale. Four point three on IMDb. The finale was way better than episode five. Episode five was awful. Episode five still got like five point seven. So fuck out of here. Yeah. So just uh, put that in your pipe and smoke it. People people fucking hate it, man. so, do you hear about this petition though going around? Yeah, yeah, like tons, tens of millions of people signed it and said that we should they should redo episode or season eight because of the writers. Yeah, so even before the initial airing of the finale on Sunday, this petition had well over a million people that had digitally signed it, and the petition is going crazy on Reddit, and um, people are signing a petition that they want HBO to reshoot the entirety of the eighth season. Um, and I, I don't know, make it better. My thing of it is, is at the end of the day, man, I wouldn't even want somebody to go back and try to redo what they did because yeah. that would fuck it up even worse. Like at, the, at least this is their honest try. 
if you tried to make somebody go back and redo it, I think it would just be awful. I don't know how I feel about it. I feel like if you had everybody, the cast, the crew, except for maybe Dave and Dan, Dave like, and Dan, like maybe, like that no, would be it. I, no. What I really, what I've really liked in this last few days, and what I'll continue to like in the next week or so, is the cast reaction. Have you been following any of them? Yeah. So I, I mean, I saw like the the HBO videos that they posted about how the, the fans are what's carried them through, and they're really important. Yeah. And no, yeah I'm talking so, about the more candid ones. You're talking about Sophie Turner being like, "Fuck you guys, it's bullshit." Yeah. So yeah. Sophie Turner was this. Uh, uh, petition. She's basically like, "Hey guys, this is fucking horseshit. Don't fucking do this." Bullshit. Like, yeah, Don't these guys. Idiots. These guys put their heart and soul over it. Kit Harrington basically said, "Like, you guys don't have any idea how much work goes in and how much people care. Uh, like, you you cannot like the final product, but the the process and the people and the at least the, the work that went into it was true, right? Um, yeah. I also liked that pretty much within like four or five hours of the final airings of the finale you had like Amelia Clark and some of these other actors, just Peter Dinklage basically just shitting on the series. I didn't, I didn't see this. Tell me what this was. So Amelia and Peter were getting a lot of heat before the last couple episodes with what they said in the media before those episodes even aired, you know, like there's this really, there's this really popular clip from entertainment weekly where it's Amelia and the chick that plays, uh, Masande. Masande and yeah, Grey Worm's character uh, like, actor and she's like best season ever. Well they're like, like Do you do you like how the, the episode or like the season wrapped up and she's just kinda like ah, best season ah, ever. Yeah. And Peter and Dinklage the, is the Dinklage is, one's really good because he looks like a captured prisoner. Yes, exactly. He's like, everything is fantastic. Please don't ask me this question. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Dan and Dave are really great. There's nobody better in the business at writing the show. I could not expect a better ending than what I've gotten. Please stop asking me this question. I cannot yeah. tell you. He's Morris code in his eyes. Like he right. literally was like, please help me. Yeah. So that was, that was all like before after yeah. the final episode aired, um, there was, it was, it was what you'd expect from these people. So like, um, Macy Williams gets on Twitter and she posts like one minute after it ends. She's just like, "I'm here for the memes." <laughs> like, yeah, like hit, she, hit, hit me with the memes, <laughs> hit me with the memes baby. I'm ready. Uh, she was she was very passive about it. Amelia Clark basically shat all over the final script. So she did this interview, and she's she's like, "I got the final script. I went fucking crazy about how they how they ended Danny's story. I went driving, and oh, she she actually said that she walked out of her house and she walked for like five or six hours." And she was like in a daze. And when she woke up, she was like 10 miles away from her house. What? Yeah. So she like, she was in this daze where she was just thinking about shit. And she's like, I was like 10 miles away from my house by the time I snapped out of it. And I had to call my mom to come pick me up and just shit like that. It was crazy. Um, Peter Dinklage said kind of the same thing that he was really disappointed with it. Obviously, uh, Conleth, uh, his character Varys, he was upset about it. So, I think it's just great how all the all the actors are basically kind of speaking out. Lena Headley, right. uh, Lena Headey, rather, she said that Cersei didn't get what she deserved. You know, so I don't know. What, what are your feelings, man? You think they're justified? <laughs> I think the actors have more of a say than any of us do. Yeah. Um, and, ha- and have way more of a voice than, than any of us do for, for what we think or what we feel for this show. Um, Imagine being a fly it, on the wall for that table reading, though. Yeah. Like, uh, well, we will be kind of next well, Sunday. That's true. A little maybe. bit. A yeah. little bit. 
and I'm hoping that we get a little bit more there. Here's here's my biggest thing about it is I I love Game of Thrones, and so we we got more Game of Thrones. Was it the Game of Thrones we wanted? No, but it's the end, right? And so sure. no matter how bad it was, no matter how egotistical we can be, no matter how, you know, uh, uh, backseat rider we can all be, man, they they did something that in a world of book to television or book to movie has been few and far between, and they executed pretty strongly. And so overall, like, I just can't be mad at the fact that we got six to eight seasons, depending on how you like it, yeah. of a fantasy show that is maybe some of the hardest shit to to turn from page to screen ever. <laughs> sure. And we got we got eight seasons of it. Um, however many of those were good is, is your own opinion, but there was some of the best acting, writing, um, and 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 in between cinematography, the 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 set pieces, like all of it. It's just it's and it's never going to be done like that again. I do not think. Yeah, and it's just to add fuel to the fire. So like the the actors are kind of rebelling and backlashing against how the season went and that they weren't happy with maybe how their characters ended up that they spent you know ten years with, um, and then you get George R. R. Martin, the creator of the entire series uh, of the books, and he's given interviews like you know Dan and Dave did their best and. Um, you know, the, the the actors are all very grateful for working on it. And he's just basically politically answering the question and not being like, it was good, it was bad, I didn't like it, I did like it. So the fucking author, and he's out there He's out there saying like, hey, um, the last two seasons I didn't really call the shots. Uh, right. I, I gave some pointers. Uh, and then even Dan and Dave, even these two fucking motherfuckers, even th- they said in an interview, they're like, hey, we got past the... the halfway point of the sixth season right in the script and we had we basically had all this stuff on a table all these puzzle pieces and we were just picking them up randomly and trying to see what fit right that's and how I they wrote the script and we talked about that before too it was like we i said that martin gave them basically like the most broadest of outlines of like hey here's what i think and they had to go okay okay, this is maybe what he would do and like they're just trying to guess right, right. there's no way that you're ever going to make it source material good it's it's impossible. So yeah. what they came up with was good enough, which to some of us was not good enough. Yeah, the last thing I wanted to talk about uh, that isn't really in the show notes, but I, I saw today um, that made me think more than anything I've seen before that the books are just not ever going to come out is uh, earlier this year, um, George R. R. Martin had a panel speaking event thing uh, with Stephen King. And it was kind of like an interview between both of them. So, like, Stephen would ask George questions and vice versa. And uh, near the end, um, Stephen's kind of wrapping it up. And he says, George, we're kind of wrapping up. Is there anything else you want to ask that isn't we we didn't script out or anything? And George goes, yeah, how the fuck do you write so many books so fast? He literally (laughs) says that. He goes, how the fuck do you write so many books so fast? He's like, you have one come out, like, every three fucking months. He literally says that, which I thought was, was fantastic. But... Stephen King goes on to explain that he he works seven days a week, right? When he's not, you know, promoting or doing a tour or something like that. He's and even maybe during those times, he's like, I try to work for three or four hours a day minimum, and I try to do anywhere between seven and nine pages. And I'm not not just highlights and and outlines, but like actually write it, go through, read it, 
kind of critique it and finalize seven to nine pages a day. And if you do the math, he's like, that's roughly a book every two to three months. And he's like, that's just what I do. That's my cadence. And George is like, I don't think I can write seven or eight pages a month. Right. And I was like, oh, holy shit. I don't know, man. My, my thing with, with George is I think he made those books so long ago and it was so under the radar that he had no, no fucking no pressure at him. all. Well, no pressure. Sure. He had no one going like, oh, I want more. He was just kind of like, oh, make him or no make him. And so well, it, it flowed so easily. Yeah. And now you have people clamoring for these novels. And to him, it's like, I got to live up to something. And in his old age and how long it's taken him, I think he's built a little doubt in the back of his mind. Well, I could definitely see a scenario, too, where it's like, okay, uh, at the time that they picked up the show, HBO did a pilot. I think there were four books out, right? And he was on the right. precipice of the fifth book. Um, right. And at the time, Dance, he of Dragon, that, Dance of Dragons was still not out. Yes, exactly right. So um, these four books that spanned, you know, a decade plus. Um, like you said, not a lot of pressure. He's maybe got an idea of how it's all going to end. And then the show comes out and it goes crazy, spreads like wildfire, uh, no pun intended. And, um, and now you, you not only have the pressure to finish the books, but now you have the pressure of like, there are millions of people just min maxing your books and telling you how it should end and picking out every little detail. And like, you want the best version possible, but you have, thousands of these ideas and theories that are going out there and of how things should go. And you're just, it's like parallel paralysis basically. Right. Um, and you have, you have so many people speaking their mind on Twitter and he's clearly a very active person. I don't know that he reads social media necessarily, but he's clearly an active person in the public yeah. that he is not devoting enough time to really write those things. Sure. But if he doesn't have the inspiration, how do you force somebody to write something like He's the type of person, not like Dan and Dave, where it's like, oh, we're going to take a year off and make this. He's like, I'll take fucking 20 years off and make this book because I don't give a fuck. Yeah, he and, was pretty upfront at, like in this thing with Stephen King where Stephen's like, I'm doing seven to nine pages a day, six to seven days a week. George is like, sometimes I sit down and write a, a chapter over a period of you know four or five weeks, and then I don't do anything for like six months. Like that's it's what all, he says. So and he's he's very much a as it comes to him kind of guy. Yep. And that's great. Like that's the kind of person that you are. But at a certain point, now that you've created this fandom that you didn't have before, and he doesn't need the money, but you have all these people clamoring for these novels, right? Waiting on bated breath for what you're gonna do, what you are gonna do. And so I think you have that expectation to live up not only to your own mind, but to everyone else's mind as well. There's a there's a lot of precedence in specific in you know novels, but specifically the fantasy fiction genre that uh, of like basically subleasing your book. Um, there right. are a couple really popular series that the original authors died or whatnot, and so other authors take it up. Or there's entire s series where they switch off authors. You know, um, right. so one author writes this book, then the next one, but it's they did that a lot with Star Wars actually, where they're all from different authors or like one author writes three books and then, you know, it picks up. So I could see something like that maybe happening if George doesn't finish it or maybe he dies or whatever, but to bring this, to bring this full circle. Right. So we started talking about how it had 19.3 million viewers, right? That was I, our, yeah, 19.3, 19.3. And that got me thinking like game of Thrones by the numbers. I started like crunching this and I started looking at YouTube and all these videos, reaction videos, how it should have ended. And this is the explanation of what happened. And these are getting, you know, 500, 600, 700,000. Some of them are getting a million views. And so that made me think like, 
I was trying to think like, is it really that bad? So right. that, that is the outrage from guys like you and me that we, we love the show. And, you know, obviously there's like anywhere between half a million to a million people watching these videos and probably thinking some of the same things, but there, then there's 18 million people that just watched the show and maybe just appreciated it for the fact that it was cinematically awesome. Right. It's like, maybe it's not that bad. Maybe we're just blowing up and, you know, I think we were just, I guess that. I think we are all expecting to have something that we feel ownership of. And when you say so many we, seasons, you're talking about like the diehard fans like you and I that are like really invested. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. And so we have this connection to the series that we think we own a little bit of it. And in all honesty, motherfucker, we don't. Yeah. We should just be happy the fact that we got eight seasons of a show that honestly on a lesser network would have made it a season and moved on. Yep. Tell me what you've been playing, what you've been watching. Um, yeah, so watching, you know, it's, it's nothing out of the ordinary. Um, I've not caught up on Titans, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so trying to, trying to turn through that one season, that doom patrol, uh, which is kind of the spinoff of Titans, which is about a very, uh, not so known group of, uh, kind of characters from, uh, from, from that universe. The first episode of that is up free on YouTube right now, if you want to check that out. Um, but still trying to get through that survivor wrapped up last week. So we're on our March to big brother for our reality check. Um, big brother starts usually in the uh, beginning to middle of June. So excited about that. The coconut wife and I will be, be down on some, uh, some, some big brother action. Um, did you, have I ever told you about my survivor story? Uh, I don't think so. Um, my cousin, uh, not, uh, like distant cousin, Lisa Weltrell won the show in one of the early seasons. Really? Yeah. Um, well it was, it was one of those where she was the plant. She used to be a famous actress. She was on the facts of life. Um, yeah, but she won this in like maybe season four or five, like real real early on. But she played um, really, yeah, she played a character I can't I can't remember Blair or something in the Facts of Life. But she won one of the seasons, and then she came back in another season, if I remember right. But that's my wow. little like connection to fame. Wow, that's kind of cool. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited about to see what uh, Big Brother's going to be happening with and, and what they're going to do. Um, I've also obviously been watching. We talked a little bit about this on Sunday. We, were, you know, my wrestling fandom is, is ceases never ceases to amaze me. Yep. Um, Brock Lesnar showed up on Sunday. Uh, oh, the, I saw this. The Money in the Bank. We talked about this on Sunday. He won the Money in the Bank contract, and that has been teasing, cashing it in ever since. You know, they're they're going back to Saudi Arabia here soon, which. Uh, Man, that's just a fucked up situation. Anyway, the way, the uh, way that the money in bank works is they can cash it in like any time, any time right? from from now until the next year. Yeah, and they they could come in at the like the tail end of a match when these and two it, dudes just beat the shit out of each other. Oh yeah, and yep, he could just come most, in for the pin for sure. Some okay. of the most iconic cashins ever have been that after okay. a match is over, they come out, guys worn down and beats the hell out of him. Or you know, Seth Rollins has got maybe one of the most iconic cashins at WrestleMania. Was thirty one, I think, in San in San Francisco, and he runs out in the middle of a match between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, makes it a triple threat, throws Brock Lesnar out of the out of the ring, uh, stomps Roman Reigns, and wins the title. You oh, know. Okay. So some of the most iconic stuff happens with that briefcase. I think uh, I'm pretty sure Brock has signed a very short deal to go back to Saudi Arabia, um, make money for the McMahons, and uh, and and use that that cash in there. We'll see. He's really he, just abusing the back and forth. He doesn't need anything other than more money, so sure. he doesn't care where he gets it from, you know. Yeah. Um, and you got going to Saudi Arabia, uh, where they go, you know, you can't. No females can perform there. So the thing I'm I'm bothered with when it comes to wrestling right now, 
couple different things. One specifically is no women can perform in Saudi Arabia, but yet they are billing this as as good, if not better, than WrestleMania. Well, you can't really make it that way if there's no women on the show because the I women mean, are a any, big part of WrestleMania. If any company, though, is going to do it, the WWE is going to go down that road. You're right. Um, the other big thing that I'm struggling with right now is Ashley Massaro died recently, and I, yeah. I don't think you – do you remember her? Uh, yeah, kind of a little bit. So she was one of my favorite divas. She was one of the first divas to, uh, to, to pose nude uh, in Playboy, and so in a, in a very young age of my own, um, seeing that, that was a, a, a very, uh, very, very eye-opening, suggestive. I suppose. Yeah, very suggestive. Uh, but I really liked her in-ring work, and I thought she did very, very good work when she was in the WWE. Um came out last night that she had uh, had sued the WWE um, and there was an affidavit that finally got posted after her death um, talking about a, a, a trip that they made to Kuwait and to the Middle East during one, you know, they go over there for the military and things sure, like that. Sure, the USO tours. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. So she went over there, uh, and uh, and she detailed this in seven or eight pages in this affidavit, which has, as with a legalized affidavit, is is clearly like a, you know, a, a legal move, a legal junction. It's, it's as uh, good as testifying in court correct and with her being dead it's a big big deal um she wrote out this seven or eight page document about how she was drugged and raped by the u.s military in kuwait what the fuck the u.s military yeah not people from wwe the u.s yeah, military uh, u.s military yeah. wow that's so, fucked up dude um so she was young too get, like in her 40s yeah yeah, she was uh, just just turned four. I think she's forty eight or forty nine. She's very young. Yeah. Um. Or thirty. I'm sorry, thirty nine. I think she was thirty nine. My apologies. Okay. Um. So she detailed this in, in pretty extensive uh, documentation, and you know, I'm, I'm not the kind of guy like there's that Me Too movement and all that shit that happens, and I'm all about women's rights and everyone should be atoned to to their own body, and I'm not taken away from that. But people really get upset when oh well, it's it's good for you to bring this up now because now it's going to get you, you know, fuck that shit. If something happened to you, something happened to you, period. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care when you bring it up. And yeah, sometimes it seems more convenient for you to bring it up right now because of course it would be. But at the same time, if something happened to you, motherfucker, say it, say something to somebody, please. And so this coming out about her again in her, in her affidavit, um, she she was brought to this medical facility uh, with people in army fatigues and somebody in not so many army fatigues and this person injected her. They, she had already had a, a uh, an IV in because people thought that she was uh, dehydrated. She did not think so, um, but the U.S. military gave her an IV to get her hydrated. This person came into the room, injected her with something that she did not know what it was, and they didn't say what it was. The next thing she know that this she was being um, – uh, taking advantage assaulted, of yeah. assaulted yeah taking advantage of Ooh, that's some dark shit man so some pretty heavy shit coming out right now nothing's been yeah no, nothing's being said through the wwe quite yet no one's uh saying anything but she posted in there that you know she in, in the in the article or in the affidavit that she wrote s- stating to these people that she talked to about this including vince himself uh christy hemi who was over there with her i'm sorry maria maybe it was my maria i'm sorry either way one of the two of them jimmy hart was over there and a couple other people so there are some names that are dropped in this that know about what happened that have not said anything or come forward yet but whether it's true or not that is some scary scary shit i mean they're gonna just sweep that that, that's yeah i mean that that kind of stuff happens every couple years with and that's that's what that's what that's what scares me is like i love wrestling but that's the kind of shit that just makes your stomach churn a little bit yeah i mean on a lighter note 
uh, it's really hard to segue from uh, rape. Yeah, I'm sorry. But, uh, I, today I came across, I watch a lot of wrestling videos on YouTube. I think I've talked about this in the podcast, but just like I'll put yeah. it on and just watch it in the background at work or whatever. There's so many good ones. They're, oh, I mean, there's 40 years of it. So yeah. um, I came across Hulk Hogan's premiere in the WWE. Oh, sure. Um, and <laughs> what was really funny was... Uh, Vince McMahon was actually the announcer for that match. Um, it was it was just funny. It was good, nostalgic. You know, it, I was thinking like, oh man, the the rings are so antiquated. They're smaller. They're certainly like made out of basically wood. Um, crazy, crazy shit like that. But Vince right. was just like, this man Hulk Hogan, he's a phenom. Vince was a great announcer. A, yeah. a phenomenal announcer, honestly. Yep. I like his dad a lot, too, so. Yeah. Um, what have you been playing? Anything? Um, so, yeah, I, I picked up uh, uh, Rage a couple weeks ago. Finished yep. Rage this week, uh, or today, rather. Um, the game's fine. It, it's serviceable. It's a fine game. It's about uh, I what I see online about it. 25 hours uh, into the game. Very hollow. Just not enough to do. Yep. Um, I, I I didn't go through and do all like the bounties and all that shit. Like I beat the game. The ending's very monotonous. Doesn't matter. And I just kind of said fuck it. Like I moved on. Like I I finished the game. Sure, it's fine. Uh, I don't think it's going to end up on any game of the year list by any means. Or maybe it might as a most disappointing game. But it's not going to be a best game of the year. I don't think. Right. Um. But it's it it's ugh, it's fine. Whatever. Um. I also uh. Let's see. What else did I play? Um, Dauntless is a brand new RPG style game from Epic. Uh, okay. It came out yesterday on the PlayStation Network. Uh, also, I think it came out on Xbox and PC. It came out in beta last year. But supposedly it's got cross saves across um, multiple platforms. Uh, oh, this game okay. being made by Epic, and like I said, it's a very RPG-esque game. Um, think, looks looks you pretty know, cool. I'm looking at it. Look, thinks, think of WoW crossed with a lot of Monster Hunter is what I'm getting from it. Yeah, um, I see a lot of big it's, monsters. It's got the look of a Fortnite, if you will. Um, it's got that the same kind style. of art style. Yep. Uh, I, I logged on to that a little bit earlier, made my character, got through the opening cutscene. The servers kicked me off because clearly the servers are getting rocked right now. Interesting. So I'll I had check to, it out. I had to redo the, the opening cutscene, but I, I did my first monster hunt in there and it was fine. Like it doesn't really have a hook in me yet, but it seems like I find enough free to play game that I would be interested in checking out what more I have to offer. Um, from Dauntless again, that came out on uh, for free on the PlayStation network. I think again, uh, Xbox and, uh, for full release on the, on the PC yesterday. Um, um, I mean, yeah, it has initially, it has really shitty reviews, but that could be a lot of like server and downtime issues, but yeah. So I, when I played it, I wanted to hop away from it because I didn't want it to tar to tarnish my experience based on what I had played of it. Um, you know, again, I, I, I don't want to judge the game based on the little bit of time that I've had. So, um, uh, it looks pretty cool. Like Monster Hunter World was something I never played because it's just it's far too deep and f- for for me to just pick up and start a lot. playing. It is a it's a very um, dense game. Monster yeah, Hunter is. It is. Uh, what um, else? I played some Uno. Uh, yeah, Uno okay. 
Yeah, Uno's been crazy in the house. It was four bucks on the PlayStation Network. My buddies, you know them, Chris and Garrett, were yep. all about me buying this game, and I was like, why the fuck do you want me to play Uno? I bought it, and boy, oh boy, I'm gonna drop I mean, an Uno on Garrett tomorrow when I see him. It's yeah, it's it's Uno, on, you know, on the on the PlayStation. You know, I played it with the wife last night. I passed out on the floor playing it because I was so tired. But um, <laughs> I I I you know I, I loved Uno as a kid. I love Uno now. Like I'll play cards. I'll play Uno cards all, all forever if you want to play. Uno. Uh, that you know what would be is, fun is about it. It's good time, so I really enjoy. What would be fun is if I can find it on sale again. Um, maybe I'll pick it up, and that would be one to really maybe do remote play with. Like if you're at home and I'm at work, like remote right. play off yeah. my phone. Yep, um, be a good time. I yeah. mean, for four, it was four bucks last week. I mean, it goes on sale pretty often. It seems like so. It's it's definitely worth a look. Cool, cool. That's everything that I've been playing and watching. What about you, Tone A? Uh, I haven't been watching much. What I've what I've recently gotten into a lot is this Facebook channel called Screenplayed. Um, a very <laughs> unique, very original uh, Facebook channel where basically they take the scripts of shows and TV and movies and they match it up with the scene. And they show you like, this is what this character says. This is the action he's supposed to perform, whatever. And you get a really candid look at how accurately they say word for word what they're supposed to say, how much is kind of freestyled, um, what what the intentional script was or the initial script was, and just very, it's very satisfying. Um, and they had, what really got me is they had one last week with Inglorious Bastards, but they've done a couple Game of Thrones ones I watched, a couple other Tarantino films, Kill Bill is one of them. So check it out. It's called Screenplayed. Um, really unique in the day of internet where like there's nothing that's really that original, original um this really caught me off guard because it's just a such a fucking good idea um i was watching a lot of rewinder this week also i don't okay, know if you yeah. ever checked that out yeah, on the yeah. sports nation thing that's a yeah. good time i like that one too um as far as what i've been playing basically one game has dominated me <laughs> Do- <laughs> i can't believe you can play so many big games back to back like i get worn out after so many big games oh, yeah. so i'm impressed you, you want a couple like fast-paced ones i yeah um, i need a break yeah well dude it just it's one of those things where like when it gets me it gets me you know it hooked, it um, hooked you good yeah divinity original sent to enhanced edition on the x-bone x let me tell you something okay when i was a kid I played a lot of PC fantasy games. Uh, ever heard of a little game called EverQuest? Played the shit out of that. Okay. You ever heard of a game called Dungeon Siege? Fucked that game. Baldur's Gate? Boned it. Never Winter Nights? Fucked it. So this is a game that takes did, me back. You did, a, you did a lot of sodomizing the games <laughs> in such a young oh, age. Oh, yeah, man. They should have. You know, you can't be tried when you're a minor, so it's fine. You're lucky, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, man, this is an unforgiving, extremely in-depth, old-school RPG. So, sure. Divinity Original Sin 1 was a Kickstarter campaign. Um, basically, Larian Studios wanted to make this game. It kind of got canceled, and a Kickstarter got together for it, so they finally made it. It, it went ape shit people loved it and now you have divinity original sin 2 which was released a few years ago on pc and ported to the consoles last year um and you know very few games get as high ratings as this game's gotten you know like 9.5 or 10 from all these different major sites um it's it's crazy complex i don't know what else to say about it but it's like basically 
it's a fantasy RPG. There, you can choose from six like pre-made characters that sort of have a story throughout the the campaign. And I'm 25 or 30 hours in, and I'm just getting to the heart of like the intro part of the, the story, meat. basically. So the the idea is that you have seven gods, and for some reason they've been like stripped of their powers, and so they, as they're being torn down, they decide to put their powers together like captain planet our powers combined and uh make somebody a god woken so that you know uh, it's, it's a very tropey rpg type sure. game um but basically it's it's fully customizable any character any race can be anything and so it's not like uh if you want to be a warrior you got the dwarf and you got the human or if you want to be a, a necromancer you got to do the lizard or the undead you can do anything with anybody any skills you there's a point in the game that you get to that you can respec at any time for free. So it really encourages you to, to find what suits you, um, which I, I find fascinating and you can travel with three companions. So four people total, um, or there's a play style where you can just do it by yourself or with one companion and you get stat boosts to make you more of a badass to, to compensate. So just to give you an example of how in-depth it is, like here's a few things, right? So I'm 25 or 30 hours into the game, and I'm just getting off of what I realized was the tutorial island. Um, after 30 hours, like I realized that was only the intro <laughs> island. It's just um, insane to me. It's crazy. It's crazy expansive. Every Every single thing is voice acted, from the main characters all the way down to like, little Joe that you go say hello to and all he does is say hi and runs away or something. So it's, it's all 100% voice acted. Um, and it, it's been a game that for me, so games these days kind of just give it to you. Like even the harder ones like Witcher and, um, games like that, like basically at some point they just kind of become easy or they're not that challenging. You know what I'm saying? You would agree. Mm -hmm. This game is like, nah, dude, <laughs> you're going to have to really figure this out. You're going to have to figure out, like, do I want to take the high ground? Do I want to move this barrel of oil into position and then shoot a fireball at it? Like, it's very, it's turn-based, too. It's not real-time combat. Really so in-depth. It's really, really in-depth. Um, so, like, another example is maybe two hours into the game, I helped this dude who was, like, in a pinch, and I kind of helped him out. He ended up dying. And like 20 hours later, I get off the island and I get to this town and I'm like talking to these two kids and I realize that is his kids. <laughs> this guy that was on this prison island with me, these are his two kids. His kids are waiting for him and I got to like make a, a decision on whether I'm going to be like, oh yeah, I'm sure your dad will be fine or like tell him, oh yo, Pops is dead or like, uh, I don't know what happened to him. Right. And, and I tell him like, yo, dad died. And they give me like a badass item and a bunch of experience. Um, but I could have lied to them and got a different thing. So it's just crazy that they went this in depth with what could happen, you know? Um, and there's a lot of like these sub skills. So you have, you know, you can be a mage or you can be a warrior. You can be a battle mage, a, a, a paladin, a cleric, a healer. They, they have like these standard, you know, the Trinity DPS tank healer, right? Right. But they also have all these different subsets. And like one thing that I got really into because it helps you out a lot with like money and gear at the, at the beginning of the game is uh, thievery, pickpocketing and stuff like, like that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and this 
also made me appreciate how difficult the game is. You cannot pickpocket and get away with it for very long. So oh. like you're gonna you're gonna basically what happens is if I pickpocket you right, um, I'm like oh I'm gonna take this item or I'm gonna take some gold off you. After like three or four seconds, the NPCs like oh somebody stole some shit from me and they come running after you and they're like hey uh, let me search your bags and you have three options in that you can let them search the bag you can fight them or you can bribe them so the game really and, forces you to figure out different ways to to do these things yes exactly it really teaches you the, the repercussions so right. if you let them search your bag unless you've dropped that item You're or fucked. you've already fenced it they catch you and they're like, and depending on who the character is and what you've stolen, they're either like, don't let this shit happen again. Or they're like, Oh, you stole my shit time to get fucked. And there's like this background reputation. So like, if you fight that guy and you kill this townsperson, the other townspeople don't like you. Um, it's not that they won't talk to you or anything, but if you do enough of it, they're not going to talk to you. Right. So then you can try to, um, very layered. This seems like, yes, dude. So you can bribe them. Which is what I started doing because they almost always accept the bribe. Sure. So like if I go in and I steal four hundred gold from you, I could bribe you for eighty bucks to walk away. However, what I found out after I'd done all that and I can't go back on it at this point, is you do that enough and when you actually haven't actually stolen anything and they think you're stealing something, you'll be like, No, I didn't steal anything. You, you can, can get away with that. Bag. You can search my bag. And they'll be like, right. Oh yeah, I didn't see anything in your bag. And you're like, cool. You start walking away, and then they stop you again. They're like, you know, but you look like you might be really guilty. Tell me something. And if you don't have a good enough skill to persuade them that you're not, they fight you. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you get locked in, man, and you wow, you can't. You That's can't. So get excessive. Out of it. It's. I like it though, man. I like it. Yeah. Um, really makes me want to play a lot of these type of games because there are. They're becoming more popular as console ports. Pillars of Eternity, Path of Exile, um, games that have these really in-depth decisions. So like, sure, that's, yeah. that's my PLE story. I've got on my, on my PS4 right now. What's that? Path of Exile. I've got that on my PS4 right now. Yeah, I haven't played that. I have that too, but I haven't played it. But That's also a very ex- expansive, extended game. So that's kind of it for, uh, for me. Um, Divinity Original Sin 2, how long to beat? 90 hours. I feel like I could go way longer than that. Oh yeah, if you wanted to completion, um, it, it looks it looks like over 140 hours. I feel like I could go longer than that. I'm doing I, and I'm doing everything though. Like I'm talking to all the people, and this isn't a game again. Like I don't mean to just continue to build it up, but like games these days, you click on a quest to track it and it tells you exactly where to go. Not sure. this game, buddy. You got to read it and you got to talk to people and you make you got to pay attention to what they're saying. It, it makes it you work. It makes you work for it. Yeah, it doesn't give you some fucking marker on the map that you can just run to and complete an objective. You, If it's a side mission, you got to listen. Yeah, so, see, I'd, I'd have to have a little more patience with that, but that sounds awesome. Uh, it's co-op, so I mean, like, you know, if you ever wanted to buy an Xbox and play it with me. Um, I definitely don't want to, but uh, I'll, I'll watch it all day, every day, whenever you, yeah. you want to stream it on T-W-H-E-L-C-H. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a good one. So I'm, I'm really into it. I don't know if it's going to hold up long term um but i've read a lot about how the first you know eight to ten hours is the hardest by far sure and then it becomes a lot more forgiving and that's and you're past that yeah i'm kind of experienced i'm sort of steamrolling the the battles even though the ones even the ones that are easier very long so it's like because it's turn-based and because it's like you and one or two or three or four other characters plus you know five or six enemies um 
a very simple battle that you're going to win no matter what still takes you like 10 or 15 minutes. So yeah, it's an investment. Yeah. And um, you, I mean, and you got it for a pretty cheap, didn't you? I got it for yeah, like 25 bucks, 25 or 30 bucks. Yeah. It's pretty and cheap. It's a $50, $56 game. So yeah. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? I think that's everything that I've been talking about or, you know, playing or, or, or uh, watching or anything like that. Everything that yeah. I've been kind of going through, um, Trying to think of anything really big news-wise that's happening. We got E3 in a couple of weeks. I don't know that you're really interested in that necessarily, but a couple of weeks from now we got E3 where all the new games are going to be shown off and, and see if we get any release dates for certain things. And Are, uh, uh, are you up on all the, the China blocks? Uh, uh, say again? Are you up on all these like China trade, trade oh, blocks? No. Nope. So this is a little political, but it impacts a lot of like the electronics and video game industry and cell phones and all that stuff. So, you know, Trump and in his infinite wisdom has been escalating this trade war with China for a while. Right. And yesterday or maybe the day before he signed an executive order that no American company can have any trade relation in any way with any China based company. Wow. So, um, you got companies like Google, Microsoft, Apple that have had to halt production, halt business with China. Um, the big one that has taken it is uh, uh, Waihai or whatever that. Yeah, Huawei. 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 Yeah. yeah, they're taking it on the chin um, yep. because they they're heavily, heavily backed by Google. Yep. And uh, yeah, it, it, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, Video game console components, cell phone cons- uh, cell phone components. Yeah. Think of how much stuff that you have in your house that's made by China. Um, so, shit's real, dude. You cannot, under threat of federal prosecution, trade or deal in negotiations with China right now. It's crazy. Right. They are on top of that shit for 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 sure. Yep. So, there you go. I mean, and that's for a lot of people. That's a big deal because, like, if you own one of those Huawei phones. Um, there's like a little exemption that I read that for 90 days, the co- the American companies can still support it. But after that, they done. cannot. Yeah. Right. So like if you have one of those phones, once Google cuts you off, like you're never going to get a software update. You can't use any of the Google apps, nothing. So anything that comes through an American server, you can't use. So even this isn't even just like physical products. It's, it's software, um, all that kind of stuff. So it's everything. Yeah. It's really it's, everything. It's insane. Um, blew blew my mind to read that that yeah, the president crazy. had done that. So, well, he's done worse. But anyway, we won't talk about that right now. True that. We can't sell our pigs to China, dude. That's a problem for <sighs> Iowa's. Fuck! I got all this hog meat, dog. <laughs> yeah, I got hog meat too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got the I beef. You. I got the pork. Uh, I think that's everything for me, man. I think that's everything I got. That's everything for me too. So that's a wrap uh, for uh, the DTS podcast. I'm Tony. I'm Derek. We out here. We all y'all. We all y'all. Good, Black, black, black. Uh, <coughs> <sighs> <laughs> 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 <laughs>
what i can't clear my throat without you laughing jesus I, listen i just when you say when you do that and then i hear that song let me clear my throat i don't expect that noise let me clear my throat. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i hear it's like you're you sound like you sound like the golem yeah the, i sound like golem what are those things called in uh, world of warcraft <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Uh, it's like, after he's had too many beers and got put in the sub. <laughs> yeah. Let me, Let me play, play among the stars. That's the sound effect I have for Derek puking in a hot tub. 